Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. All righty. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the third day of March 2022. I almost said 2021. Happy Thursday, almost Friday to you, ladies and gentlemen. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host, the appropriately named Derek Hunter. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Comment there. Send me messages through that. I uh, I troll the comment. I don't really comment. I comment back when somebody says something um, that is like a question or whatever. But if somebody wants to say mean things about me or whatever, I don't. I tend not to uh, comment back. They say nice things about me. I I tend to comment back. It's just weird. But I, I read them all. I get notifications for all of them. Have uh, hope you're having a great week. The State of the Union is done. We're a world led by morons standing up to evil people. Honestly, I don't understand why we just don't. We should start putting out word, not directly, but indirectly, and sort of we're ready to deal with leadership in Russia. It sure would be nice if leadership would change direction. and Basically calling subtly for a coup in Russia just to get rid of Vladimir Putin. You can't come out and say, boy, howdy, we'd love to embrace whoever ventilates the skull of this evil son of a bitch. But uh, you can kind of say that in an artful way. At least make Putin... Putin doesn't need to necessarily be made more paranoid. He's plenty paranoid as it is. But he needs to be taken out. And his inner circle probably needs to be taken out right along with him. Because they're all... Look, you sit there and you go, who the hell are... Why would anybody follow this madman's orders? Why would anybody follow Hitler's orders? Why would anybody do what these people, these despots had done when you could just end it? And maybe, you don't, maybe you don't live through it, but your name will ring on forever. Anyway, it, there's got to be some kind of dramatic change on the world stage soon to stop this mess. But... Uh, this is about the State of the Union. I tell you, you send some life change tea over there to Vladimir Putin. He's so full of it. That'll clean him out. You go to getthetea.com, send it to Vlad, enter promo code Derek at checkout. You get free fast shipping. You get it over to Vlad or get it to yourself. Clean you out and you'll get more energy because you'll be free. Your body will be free of the grossness and there'll be more area to uh, digest, absorb the nutrition from the food that you eat. I just ate asparagus and I feel awesome get the tea.com enter promo code derek for free fast shipping click apply and you get everything you need also patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast for the curse show the contests and everything else going on i think i'm going to post some pictures of the kids today we went and played at a playground so i think i'm going to post those so if you haven't checked already go to patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast and check it out now let's get this show started. So I watched the president 
give his State of the Union address. And there are some controversies and some non-troversies that we'll get into, but I honestly, I, I was... I couldn't pay attention. I could pay attention if I really wanted to, but there was nothing worth paying attention to. It was a uh, it was like somebody took a whole bunch of clips from his previous speeches and said, uh, "All right, well, we're going to cut them up and put them back together. We're going to cut them up and put them back. We're going to If you uh know anything about the Beatles, in one documentary I watched ages ago, there was a uh an interview with George Martin, the producer of the Beatles. And he said that if uh, you listen to the being for the benefit of Mr. Kite on the Sgt. Pepper record, there's a point where there's this swirling organ sound. And it's an instrumental part. And it sounds, it sounds like a swirling organ sound. I don't know how to do it. If you don't know the song, you don't know the song. He said they accomplished this by recording the organs, you know, whatever it was, just a normal organ thing. And then they cut the tape up. They took the tape and they cut it like six to eight inches. They just did the whole thing of that. Cut it. And he said he threw it in the air, went all over the floor. And he told the engineer, go ahead and just put it back together randomly. He had no idea what, what the order is or anything. And just, that's how they sort of accomplished that. That's kind of what Joe Biden's speech was, seemed like to me. Things he'd said before, all things he'd said before, just little snippets of, of speeches. They, when they do a State of the Union address, every department submits their stuff. You know, some departments don't get in their uh, stuff as much as others, but uh, they all try all the cabinet positions. They all vie for as much space as they can possibly get in a State of the Union address. And you can tell which ones are important at the time and which ones aren't by how much time each one gets. But each one of them usually gets some kind of a mention of their, whatever their pet project is. Presidents just tend to throw things against the wall and go, geez, I hope something comes of this. Normally, though, after they give the speech, they go out and they tour the country and try and pitch the country on whatever ideas they put forth they, they, in the uh, State of the Union address. Joe Biden isn't doing that. Joe Biden is going to Wisconsin to talk about a piece of legislation that's already been passed into law. So even he and his after State of the Union address response is acknowledging that there was really nothing new in that speech. So instead of pushing for something new, he's going back to the well and celebrating something he already done. And by the way, he's doing so postponing a cabinet meeting in a time of war. Just let you know that he's not necessarily he's taking his political future more seriously than he is the fate of the Ukrainian people. Let's just put it that way. The uh, the meeting of the cabinet is postponed until uh, the next day. But the speech was all just little snippets. It was his build back better agenda, which he's not calling it anymore. Instead of one massive bill, he thinks that we can get it through, he can get it through in little chunks, in little pieces here and there. But it was all the same things that we'd heard before. As if, you know, it's not really spending $3 trillion if you don't spend it all at once. It's, uh, it's, it's spend, if you spend it half a billion dollars at a time or half a trillion dollars at a time whatever it is uh it's not really going to be the same now i get that same mentality i'd have difficulty spending you know 200 bucks on something but i could easily spend 200 bucks 20 20 to 25 bucks at a pop if 
I was going to a mall. Not even think about it until afterwards. Oh my God, I spent how much? But uh, that seems to be what Biden's address was about. Here's the same stuff written differently and no particular. It's not, it's not even like no particular order. And then George Martin just threw the speech up in the air and said to go ahead and reassemble it. It was in a confusing order. It made no sense whatsoever. He started off with Ukraine and then he was all over the map. Started off with Ukraine. That seemed to be the thing they sort of hammered in there. And they'd been working on the rest forever. And they said, all right, well, the hell with the rest of it. We'll just, uh, we'll shoehorn in some Ukraine stuff at the beginning. And then we'll go from there and uh, call it a day. All right. I guess you can't really have super high hopes when Joe Biden's giving a speech anyway. So you, you just go, let's just, you know, put it in there, bite our bottom lip. Hope for the best. See what happens. Well, what happened was in the midst of his speech was a bunch of confusion, a bunch of gobbledygook. I mean, like the best way to put it is it's genuinely gobbledygook. Like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So we have some audio. I didn't, It again, a testament to the uh, lack of creativity of the Biden administration that there isn't really a whole lot of audio that I thought worthy of playing because it's you know why play the greatest hits of joe biden but he did say something odd we're going to start here with joe biden talking about inflation now i'm not an economist but i've been around long enough to know that uh, inflation is real and there are really only certain ways to deal with it there just are certain ways to deal with it. I was looking, actually, earlier this morning, I was going through some things and I came across my Zimbabwean $100 trillion bill and some uh, Iraqi money that I've had for a long time with Saddam Hussein on it. And I thought, all of this is worthless now. And it, it, we're not headed in that, well, we're headed in that direction in that it is that way. But we're not headed in that direction like tomorrow the cost of milk is going to require you to bring a wheelbarrow full of money. No, it's not not that imminent. But we're certainly headed down that way. The only way to rein in inflation is through some, some pain. Higher interest rates. Uh, making money worth less. They're making money worth less. You have to You have to extract money from... The economy, people have to suffer a little bit. You know, the sooner you deal with it, the less you suffer. But you have to suffer a little bit. You've lived high on the hog by printing money. There comes a time when every piper demands to be paid. That's just, that's how they make their living. That's what they do. Joe has this different idea. You want to talk about platitudes. You want to talk about pointless stupidity and a what-in-the-hell-does-this-mean moment. There were plenty of them from last night, but I would say a few rivaled this one on Biden on inflation. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> How? How do you do If the money is worth less... How do you lower costs? Because costs tend to go up in inflation, as everybody knows. Things cost more. That's a big driving force in inflation. If you could lower costs, then you would actually head off inflation. If you have this secret formula, 
for preventing costs from going up, Joe, please break it out. Reach into your bottom desk drawer and bring it out. He didn't he didn't expand upon that. There were a few confused claps to that, like, uh, yeah, okay. That's like saying we need to fight inflation by stopping inflation. If we could just stop inflation, we would be effectively fighting inflation. And you're sitting there going, well, in like the most technical sense, as you slowly golf clap, in the most technical sense, I suppose that's right. But missing from this is the how business. How now, brown cow? Unfortunately, Joe didn't unveil his little secret for getting rid of inflation, his elixir, his snake oil that he could sprinkle across the currency and immediately wipe out the damage he has done through mismanagement of the economy. I love, uh, we got, like I say, we got a lot of audio coming up. Gail King, Oprah's friend, very concerned about something that nobody's concerned about, but it is, you know, part of the progressive agenda. These people, I swear to God. But I want to play you next, Joe Biden mixing up Ukraine and Iran. I could see how somebody could make this mistake. They are nowhere near each other and nothing like one another. So it makes perfect sense that you would confuse these two countries. One's in the Middle East, one is in uh, Eastern Europe, one is at war with uh, Putin, one is uh, in bed with Putin. You know, it's the same thing, although I imagine being in bed with Putin is a lot like being at war with Putin, being perfectly honest with you. Keep in mind, he's reading off a teleprompter. This speech has been vetted by everybody in every department uh, probably a hundred times for the past month, Definitely by about 50 people in the last week and probably at least 10 people in the last 24 hours before it was delivered. Therefore, it is safe to assume that there is no typo in the speech. At least not. This isn't even really a typo. This is a, a geographic snafu in the section talking about Ukraine. Why would you talk about the Iranian people? Now, there is a school of thought. I will say this, and you can decide what your ears hear. There is a school of thought that he is not saying Iranian people, but Uranian people. As if he's talking about the Ukrainian people, he just forgot to pronounce the K. Not much better, because he, either way, he didn't catch it. And when you screw up speaking, you generally catch it and correct yourself, at least people who are on the ball, who are sane, who are not suffering the throes of dementia. But listen to this. You decide for yourself. Did he say Ukrainian or Iranian people? Either way, it's wildly stupid, and a person with a functioning brain would recognize that it ain't right and correct it. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never, he'll never extinguish their love of freedom. And he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world. The Iranian people, Iranian people, he'll never, he, didn't, he didn't miss a beat. I kept the clip that long because he didn't miss a beat. Whatever came out of his mouth, whether it was Uranian or Iranian, seemed right to him. Or... 
And this is actually even, now that I think about it, this is possibly even a worse possibility. Maybe he doesn't pay attention to any of the words coming out of your mouth. You sit there and you think, okay, he's like, as somebody with dyslexia, when it would come time, it always seemed to happen in history class. When you're sitting there and you're like, all right, we're on page 238, everybody turn to 238, and uh, Joey, you start reading, and everybody would read a paragraph, right? Uh, cold readings terrified me. Reading out loud terrified me, which is weird because I recorded my audiobook, and that, that was actually fun, but it was, it was much easier, I guess, because I wrote like I, I speak, so it was much easier, and I remembered writing it. But I would sit there, and I, if there, there are two ways that you could go about, the teacher would go about torturing the class, in my opinion, torturing the class, about reading aloud. It was either you go right up and down the aisles, right up and down the, the rows of seats. That was the easiest one because I could count and see which paragraph I, should it get to me, depending on where they started. I would be able to see which paragraph or two I would have to read out loud. Then I would forget about everything else. I'd count people, count paragraphs, and just read those paragraphs probably 50 times. Not very big paragraphs, uh, but probably 50 times. So I, when reading, wouldn't screw up. If it was random, sometimes they just call on random people in random order. I was always one paragraph ahead of whatever was being read aloud scanning it, reading it, trying to be ready for like whatever, if they called on my name, so I wouldn't be stumbling, bumbling like an idiot. But I was always aware, I was always cognizant of the words coming out of my mouth when I did have to read. Joe Biden could be so disconnected that he doesn't. He can spit the words out, he can regurgitate them through rehearsal and through reading, but he, they have no meaning to him. If you watch Brad Pitt play a doctor, right? If you watch World War Z, Brad Pitt, I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm just saying you don't see him interviewed very often, probably because he's dumb. <laughs> just, you know, but he plays smart people a lot of the times and really suave people and savvy people and this, that, and the other thing. And you sit there and you watch him play the doctor in, uh, or whatever the hell he was, the secret agent in World War Z. And he knows medicine. He knows this. He knows that. He knows certain things. He's not a doctor doctor, but he knows these things. And you think, God, that guy's pretty smart. No, no. The, whoever wrote the words did the research to make sure that it at least sounded smart. Brad Pitt is just reciting the words. That's what Joe Biden is. He's like an actor. He's just reciting the words. He's not, he doesn't understand the words. Brad Pitt, something horrible happens. You're on a plane that's going down during a zombie apocalypse. You probably don't want Brad Pitt. You want some special forces guy to be there. Not Brad Pitt. Joe Biden is kind of that way. It's kind of sad, kind of funny. Like I think this demonstrates that he simply spits out the words and he doesn't pay attention to them. He doesn't seem to understand them. He doesn't seem to know what's going on. Sadly, uh, sadly, we all do. That makes us scary. In a time of war, this guy is leading the country. Now I want to turn to the uh, controversy, the non-troversy of Joe Biden being heckled by Lauren Boebert over at the State of the Union. Now this is how the Washington Post portrays it, and you'll not be shocked to find that this is not accurate. The headline from somebody called Andrea Salcedo, 
Headline, Representative Lauren Boebert heckles Biden as he talks about his late son during the State of the Union. Oh, now you'd think from that headline that Lauren Boebert waited for a mention of Bo Biden and then she said, you're exploiting your dead son or something like that. But that's not the case. The story, Democrats and Republicans in Washington at times displayed unity as President Biden addressed the nation in his first State of the Union on Tuesday night. Members of both parties stood and applauded the Ukrainian ambassador and Biden's announcement that U.S. airspace would close to Russian planes. But sharp divides between the parties were evident, too. What, where are these people... Did they not exist for four years? Uh, including when President brought up his late son, Bo Biden, an Iraq war veteran who died of brain cancer in 2015. President Biden on Tuesday called on Congress to pass legislation to aid veterans exposed to toxins while serving in Iraq and Afghanistan, a problem he said leads to cancers, quote, that would put them in a flag-draped coffin. He was then interrupted by Representative Lauren Boebert, who yelled, You put them in there, 13 of them. Boebert appeared, I love this, Boebert appeared to be referencing the 13 troops killed in a suicide attack last year during the final days of the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Hey, you think so? You think he was referencing that? She was referencing that? The story then goes, One of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. Now, the way that Joe says this, you'll hear the audio of it in a second, makes it sound as though his son was brought back from Iraq in a body bag, in a flag-draped coffin. He was not. Bo Biden did not die during his service. Bo Biden died afterwards. Bo Biden died years afterwards, as a matter of fact. But he doesn't seem to care. Now, I want you to hear the exchange because the Post is saying and making it seem as though, my goodness, this guy is, or Lauren Boebert was attacking, was attacking Joe Biden over Bo Biden. Nothing could be further from the truth. She said what she said, as inappropriate as it was, before any mention of Bo Biden came out of his mouth. These burn pits that incinerate waste the waste of war, medical and hazards material, jet fuel, and so much more. And they come home, many of the world's fittest and best trained warriors in the world, never the same. Headaches, numbness, dizziness, a cancer that would put them in a flag-draped coffin. I know. One of those... One of those soldiers was my son, Major Bo Biden. So you see, she said it before he mentioned Bo. She shouldn't have said it, but she said it before he mentioned Bo. He was not, she was not mocking Joe Biden as he was talking about his son. If she'd have waited, one of them was my son, and he yelled, she'd yelled out, uh, he had, his death had nothing to do with this. Then you could make that case. But Bo Biden served in Iraq in 2009. He died in 2015. Now, granted, that can take a while for that uh, for poisons or toxins or whatever for cancer to form. 
He died of brain cancer. There is no connection that has ever been established between what he died of, how he died, and his service at all whatsoever. Why is that? Well, because you can't, if you can't establish a connection, you shouldn't be declaring a connection, should you? Yet Joe does it constantly. Joe does it constantly. Look, this is what I don't understand about certain people who lie, Joe Biden in particular. His life has been, uh, he's been a pretty good life. He's been a United States senator for a very, very long time. Then he was vice president of the United States. And now he's president of the United States. There aren't a whole lot of, there are some, but there aren't a whole lot of people who have similar biographies to that. Yet for some reason, that's not enough. For some reason, that's not enough. For some reason, he has to lie about every seemingly insignificant aspect of his life because he's wildly insecure for whatever reason. I don't know why he's a dumb man. Maybe that's why. But he is a fraud and a liar. He doesn't have to be. He's led an interesting life. He just wants to make it more interesting. I was arrested uh, trying to get to see Nelson Mandela because I refused to partake in uh, apartheid. Well, no, you weren't arrested. You were not. Nothing. You went through a separate door when you left the airport. That was it. That was it. Did you ever actually go see Nelson Mandela on Robben Island? I don't know. I graduated at the top of my law school class. No, you didn't. You were in the bottom of your law school class. All right? It doesn't matter where you finished in law school. In life, you finished pretty high up the ladder. You're president of the United States. Why lie about it? At the time of the lie, you were a United States senator. Still pretty high up the rung. Why lie about it? I got a full scholar, full academic scholarship. No, you didn't. You got a partial scholarship based on need. Why lie? You can't say you don't remember. Suddenly you had a complete and total brain freeze on every single aspect of your life. You can't say that. It's impossible. So it has to be a conscious lie. Why do it? My son died. He is in Iraq and then he died. He's a war hero. No, he was a JAG officer who was over there for a little while. He did a seven-month deployment. Okay, a seven-month deployment to Iraq. I don't know how common seven-month deployments are. Whether or not he was deployed for seven months because that was standard for JAG officers, it seems to me like a year would be standard, but that's just me. It might be standard for if your father's vice president of the United States. But I guarantee you that for however long of those seven months, and I doubt it was all of them, that Bo Biden was anywhere near a burn pit that Joe Biden was talking about, there were people who were near burn pits for significantly longer than seven months. Significantly longer than seven months. If Bo Biden got sick and died because of the seven-month exposure, then the people who were there for a year or years would show similar signs. I don't know that it's not true. I just know that nobody's presented that case, and the President of the United States didn't present that case in his speech. That is worthy of note. That is worthy of questioning. Every time Joe talks about Bo, he talks about Bo as though he was shot and killed in Iraq and not somebody who passed away six years after returning. 
somebody should ask some questions. I don't want to tell the guy how to mourn, but I also think that there are certain questions that can and should be asked when somebody so obviously uses a tragedy for their own personal gain, political gain, whatever it is. That enters the area of a gray area that I would consider gross. You enter that area, there are questions that need to be asked and answered, deserve to be asked and answered. You don't get a free pass forever for going out because you suffered a tragedy. You get a free pass to mourn however you like, but to lie, no. But nobody's going to ask about this. Nobody's going to point it out. Instead, you'll get the Washington Post saying, Lauren Boebert was heckling Joe Biden's dead son. No, she wasn't. She said what she said, and it was inappropriate at the time. She could have just tweeted it at the time. She could have waited until afterwards. But she yelled it out. But it had nothing to do with Bo Biden because it was long before Bo Biden was mentioned. Now, I guess you could say, well, of course he was going to exploit his son's death. Bo Biden was going to be the next words because that's how Joe lives. That's how Joe operates. Yeah, I guess that is how Joe lives and how Joe operates. You should have been able to see how gross he was going to be. But maybe just maybe she made the mistake of thinking this time he wouldn't be as gross as he normally is. Uh, you never, never should take that bet when dealing with politicians. Never. One thing that's weird is during Joe Biden's speech, you'd forget it. I, I almost forgot it, to be honest with you. He talked about his Supreme Court nominee. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, Ketanji Brown Jackson. He mentioned her. Did, did you know until I just reminded you there that he mentioned? Did you remember that? It was so insignificant. Nothing, nothing this guy said was new or newsworthy or anything. And he just kind of mentions, oh, yeah, I've nominated uh, somebody for the Supreme Court. Let's get her confirmed. Let's get my uh, Fed nominees confirmed. They're all good. They're all this. They're all that. They're all the other thing. And you just sit there and you, it all turns into one blurry speech from an incredibly boring high school teacher. Joe Biden looks exactly like Walter, Jeff Dunham's puppet. I swear to God. If you haven't seen the pictures, if you haven't looked it up, just Google Biden Walter and you will see it. Google DuckDuckGo, whatever it is. Don't, don't send me the email. But uh, look it up. It is the spitting image of it. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi, while they're talking about the burn pits, while we're talking about uh, Hunter, you've got to find this video. Nancy Pelosi is she's making fists, but rubbing her hands together and doing some sort of weird serpentine dance in the speaker's chair behind Josh. Not clapping. She's waiting for the right moment to clap, but she's like rubbing her hands together and, and stands up and is rubbing her hands together. And then when it finally comes time to clap, she doesn't stop rubbing her hands together and doing this sort of weird hip, like pseudo-axle rose thing that was going on. I don't know what the hell was going on. She's a weird lady. And then one time she was standing up applauding and she was doing this thing with her tongue that I can only imagine was to prevent her dentures from falling out. Like that seems to be what it was. Is if you've ever seen anybody with loose dentures, she was like this stopping her dentures from falling out. The whole thing was just a mess. Somebody would, Nancy Pelosi would have benefited greatly from still wearing masks. Um, so would the country, quite frankly. Whoa, I'm just looking at Twitter. This is, uh, 
<laughs> actually like this. This is good. This is the problems in, in anywhere there's uh, something going on. There's going to be some people trying to find a way to exploit it. All right. Thieves, what have you. In Ukraine, there are people who are looting during the bombing. <laughs> well, the Ukrainians have found a very, very unique way, uh, in a way I would very, very much like to bring to the United States. I will uh, retweet it now so you can find it in my, uh, my Twitter feed. People who have been caught looting are being citizen arrested. I mean, the police are obviously otherwise engaged in trying to fend off the Russian horde. So they're being citizen arrested and saran wrapped to light posts. <laughs> they're being saran wrapped. It's brilliant. Saran wrapped to light posts with signs on them that say looter or thief or what have you. One guy is, uh, there's pictures of it. I retweeted the pictures and I retweeted the video. There's different guys this is happening to a lot of people over there apparently anybody that is caught looting and i say good but <clears throat> one guy is saran wrapped to a a uh, a light post and they pulled his pants down <laughs> and it's snowy on the ground over there in ukraine i don't know what city it is but his butt is going to be cold and there he is. He's miserable. He's talking to the camera in Ukrainian. So I don't know what he's saying. But he's uh, up there not having a good day. Another one. There's a guy, saran wrap. Saran wrap, you think anybody could rip through saran wrap. So one layer of saran wrap, sure. Two layers, probably. Three, four. You, the more you do it, the more difficult it becomes. Saran wrap's pretty big. Duct tape. You think, oh, duct tape, you just rip it rip it yeah duct tape is designed to be ripped but you can also you know duct tape somebody to something pretty easily because it's tough to rip when it's doubled and tripled up so i love this idea i hope we could bring this to you know the west coast to major cities run by democrats it's something out of a batman movie except these people aren't beat up i don't advise beating up looters <clears throat> I mean, no, I never, violence is never the answer. Anyway, um, let's see, where do we go from here? Another Biden gaffe. COVID doesn't exist anymore, apparently. If you've been, if you watched last night, it was a room full of wealthy geriatrics who were not wearing masks, not social distancing, hugging each other, kissing each other, shaking hands, all those things that we have been forbidden to do by these very same people. And these people still say, but your kids have to wear a mask, but somehow a bunch of septuagenarians and octogenarians don't have to. The most vulnerable group of people to COVID-19 on the planet do not have to engage in any safety protocols. Joe Biden's coughing into his hand. At least I saw him coughing into his left hand this time. But it was kind of funny because he shook right hands with Nancy Pelosi, who was like, just this side of a groupie meeting Elvis, something it's like she was slipping him her hotel room key. Like, here you go. Come up. Sweet 217 when you're done, Elvis, and we'll uh, get you all shook up. But meanwhile, while she's holding his hand, she wouldn't let it go. She's like, oh, my God, it's so effusively I, like if I were her husband, 
I would be jealous, except for the fact that I would be glad that she would be going off with somebody else. I mean, they've made $250 million together. You think they really? he really wants that coming over at him every night? But uh, she's shaking his hand, and then he gives his left hand that he hacked over, hacked into, no Purell, nothing, to Kamala. And so he's got, they're both holding one hand sitting there, and I'm like, you're giving Kamala your disease. But uh, no masks, nothing, because it would have been it would have been awkward. It would have looked poor. It would have looked bad if they were wearing masks up there. Suddenly, optics optics won. Science lost. Science hasn't changed. The optics changed. And uh, Joe Biden said something about COVID and immigration. That is one of those moments where you're sitting there going, he's he's. He's screwing up. He's screwing up the words. And this one he kind of caught. But he couldn't correct it in any meaningful way. So I guess, you know, you sit there and I, I give him grief because most people will notice when they screw up, when they say something wrong and correct themselves. When Joe Biden, on the rare occasion, Joe Biden does pick up on the fact that he said something wrong. He tries to correct himself and it goes horribly wrong. Talking about you can't build a wall high enough to keep out. Well, he's trying to say he should have said viruses. Although you couldn't build a wall tall enough to keep out a virus because a virus travels with people and you build a wall tall enough and people can't get over it. The virus ain't coming unless, you know, somehow there's slats in the walls and people are making out through the wall. But uh, instead of saying viruses, Joe says something else. And then he tries to correct himself and it gets even worse. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. The vaccine can stop the spread of these diseases. <laughs> you can't build a wall high enough to, to keep out a, a vaccine. Now, I get it. Virus starts with a V. Vaccine starts with a V. But right there, the similarities kind of end. Unless you really get into the medical terminology and one has to do with another. Sort of mortal enemies of one another. But I don't think that's where Joe's mind went. I think he said, what, what, where, huh? I, I know it's supposed, what? It's the teleprompter said virus. And he said vaccines. And he tries to correct it. And he just makes it worse. He just makes it more confusing. Maybe maybe Joe does notice all of the times that he screws up and he recognizes that if he were to go back and try to correct it, call somebody the wrong name and then go back and try to correct it, that he would just make things worse. So it's better to just ignore it and plow on. Yes, he said Iranian or Uranian people and he's talking about Ukraine. But if he'd have gone back to correct it, who knows what would have come out of his mouth? Kansans. You know, anything can come out of his mouth. When his brain is not firing on all cylinders, and realistically at this point, I think that there's only a couple of cylinders left that are sparking, let alone firing. You, uh, you maybe it best just to plow forward. I just, you can't build a wall high enough to keep out vaccines. Well, sure you can, Joe. <laughs> you can keep out a vaccine. The problem is 
viruses aren't walking around across the southern border going, I got to get in there. I got to go get me an American citizen. I'm going to go make them sick. No, they're coming across in illegal aliens, which you are absolutely encouraging, which you have invited into this country and have overseen more attempts to enter this country illegally than any president, maybe all presidents combined in their first term. It's ridiculous number of people. All of these things you have caused it. And with those people come viruses. Not just COVID, not just various variants of COVID, but all sorts of things, Joe. All kinds of things. There are sick Americans today. There are dead Americans today because of what you've allowed to happen on the southern border. So, yeah, you can't keep a vaccine out or a virus out with a wall, per se, but you can keep the people carrying the viruses. You can keep the criminals out. You can keep a whole lot of bad drugs out. If you have the will, but you don't have the will, Joe. I don't know. Maybe Hunter's running his southern border policy and Hunter likes the price of blow exactly where it is. Don't mess with the price of blow, Dad. Well, Hunter is the smartest man he's ever known. Would make sense. Sort of, right? Oh, by the way, the COVID numbers. One year ago today versus uh, de and deaths goes back to these numbers don't they're not telling us anything they're interesting but last year on this date there were 56,696 new cases this year on this date 41,935 new cases so all right a drop of 15,000 cases that's a good 15,000 in the positive but then you go to the deaths one year ago deaths 1,425 on March 1st, 2021. On March 1st, 2022, 1,930. So 505 more deaths with 15,000 fewer cases. I don't know. I'm not saying the State of the Union was a super spreader event. I would never, ever encourage that. But um, we still don't know much of anything. Not to, saying this to put your mask back on. I'm saying this to point out that the people who told you to take the mask off did it based solely, purely on politics and exclusively, not for politics for November. November's too far away. It was explicitly, explicitly for the State of the Union address. The Centers for Disease Control for all of their talk about, oh my goodness, we only follow the science. And all the Democrats, we'll follow the science till the, we burn up in the sun. We'll follow it right into the heart of the sun. We'll go wherever the science leads us. Looked at what was going on in the polls. Looked at what was going on in politics. Looked at what was going on with the calendar and said, we've got the uh, president wants masks off during the State of the Union address. We've got to justify it. We've got to do it. It's a bullet we've got to take for the team. It had absolutely nothing to do with science because masking up had absolutely nothing to do with science. Pure politics, 100% of the way. Don't ever forget it. Anybody who's now sending their kid to school with a mask on because of a mandate, if you want to mask up your kid, go for it. But if it's because of a mandate, keep in mind that these people are just making it up as they go along. It is all a total and complete fraud and uh, has nothing to do with science. Never really did.
We'll get to more of the State of the Union stuff in a second. I just saw this. This is going to be, this is going to be good. <laughs> if he weren't so sanctimonious, I would not take, uh, I'm not one to necessarily, well, I don't know that that's true. I try not to engage in schadenfreude, but it's difficult sometimes. You sit there and you just think these, some of these people deserve it. I'm talking about Bill Gates, and it's not just because I'm an Apple person, but, uh, and Windows is awful and terrible. Like my wife has a, a laptop, PC laptop, and every once in a while I have to do something on it. And I, I don't know. It's all backwards and uh, nothing works. I don't. It's annoying. I can't. I get mad at the damn thing. Everything on an Apple product is so intuitive and so easy. But uh, Bill Gates is, uh, well, maybe, hopefully we'll have it on the show tomorrow. Headline from the UK Daily Mail, Melinda Gates is set to lift the lid on her divorce from billionaire Microsoft founder Bill for the first time in tell-all interview with Gail King as she hints in teaser that trust was broken in their 27-year marriage. Of course trust was broken. What do you mean hints at it? How many times have we heard stories during this divorce where you're like, yeah, Bill was like the troll of the office. He was hitting on every chick that was there. Asking them out, being a pervert. They weren't just talking about back in the 80s before they got married. He still did. He got, he had to resign from Microsoft. He had to leave, he'd retire, quote unquote, because he was sexually harassing women or making them uncomfortable by asking them out. I mean, if Bill Gates comes through and asks you out, be a little bit awkward. So trust was broken. Was trust ever established? Of course, trust was broken. <laughs> he was a pervert. That's the most shocking thing of all. But, you know, Bill, he uh, he could have avoided this. He should have avoided this. All he had to do was write a big, fat check. All he, what I loved about the, uh, the Gateses was that they... Um, they were going to, the plan was, remember, we're going to give away our billions of dollars. We're not going to let our kids inherit anything, which I thought was kind of crummy. I, you know, I get it, and it's a good thing for humanity, I suppose. Although they always do something really stupid with their money and give it to things that just help left-wing political causes. But they, uh, they were going to give away all their money. They told their kids, sorry, folks, you're going to get rid of it. And their goal is to, to just get rid of all the money they have before they die. Well, now Melinda Gates is saying, eh, maybe her plans have changed a little bit. She's going to get, Bill's got, they've got together like $150 billion. She's been around for 27 years. It sounds like he was a dog. It sounds like he was a jerk. It sounds like he ruined the marriage. So uh, I think she's going to end up getting a nice chunk of that money. I don't understand, like, uh, Jeff Bezos' wife only took, I mean, granted, only, but she only got like $30 billion at a time when Bezos was somehow worth like $150 billion. She was actually involved in the company and the founding of the company. She was around then, whereas Melinda Gates got married to the guy who'd founded it. He'd already made his fortune. So she would have less of a contribution to it than he did uh, significantly. But she'll get a fortune out of it. And Bill Gates' reputation forever will be sullied, and not just by how horrible Windows is. All of this could have been avoided, I would think, if Bill like looked at it and said, all right, hand me the checkbook. 
How many zeros does this have to have? I'll give you a check with as many zeros as you can possibly handle. You'll choke on it. There's so many zeros. But uh, there's a big, fat non-disclosure agreement that goes along with this. So you'll get all the money in the world. You can't talk about it. Instead, he seems to be fighting her on it, which I don't understand. If she wants 150 billion, or she wants 100 billion out of your 150 billion, you know what you did, Bill. You'll make the rest back. Give her the hundred. Besides, you're never going to blow through your 50 billion. Except that you live in a world where nobody ever tells you no. Nobody ever questions anything you do. They all, kind of, all the women apparently say yes. And uh, that's a perverted worldview that you've got there, and not just because you're a pervert. It's just a perverted worldview. It's problematic for you there, Bill. So you end up in a situation where you can't contemplate that you might not get your way, where you might not come out ahead, because you're used to people throwing rose petals at your feet. Well, you could have avoided all the humiliation, your kids knowing that you were a, a bull-cutted horn dog, if you'd have just opened up. You'd make that money back. You'd never... But no, you want to seed the clouds with ash and reflect sunlight and mandate people get vaccines and get more vaccines and even more vaccines and whatever. You know, I'm a capitalist and I think people should be able to make as much money as they possibly can and amass as much wealth as they possibly can and good on them for doing it. But you see what it does to somebody like Bill Gates and you think maybe maybe there should be a limit. Not because he's a horn dog, but because his stupid ideas are like could possibly kill a lot of people. Could really if he wants to reflect sunlight. Nobody's not asking for permission to do it. He's just moving forward on it. Maybe Melinda will stop him. That would be nice. Melinda couldn't stop him from doing other things, but if she could stop him from doing this, it'd be a service to humanity and she can have the whole fortune tax free as far as I'm concerned. Did you hear how Joe, this is, this tells you something, everything you really need to know about Joe Biden's State of the Union address. It was his, I've played his weird comments on inflation. We're going to get rid of inflation by lowering costs. How? Just because. How? What do you mean how? And then is uh, Iranian or Uranian people instead of Ukrainian people. Then you can't build a wall to keep out vaccines. And then lastly, the only other clip that's worthy of note, as far as I can tell, aside from the thing with Lauren Boebert, was the very end. The very end of his speech, he said something bizarre. Now, presidents always end the State of the Union address pretty much the same way. Not always the same way, but they put their own spin on it. God bless the United States of America. God bless our military. God bless the United States of America. Something like that. It's, it's pretty generic. Joe then, since he can't, I don't know what his problem is. He just can't let it go. He can't shut up. He can't stop. It's a sign of a politician that they don't know when to shut up. But it's a sign of a, a cognizant human being that they know when that time is. Like when you've finished, everybody knows somebody who's given a speech or said some remarks or something. And like, all right, well, there's the natural end. And like, no, no, all right, he's not done. All right, well, there's the natural, no, just just shut up and get off the stage. Just shut up and, no, you're not going to shut up. You know, there are movies where you're like, is this movie over? This movie should be over. Like, no, it's not. How is this movie not over? 
That's Joe. Till finally, Nancy and Kamala kind of grabbed him and said, no, shut up, old man. But after he said the ubiquitous, God bless our troops and God bless the United States, he said something weird that nobody knows what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> to go get him. Go get who? Go get what? What are you talking about? Go get him. Go. Are you seeing things, Joe? Are the drugs kicking in? Did you get into Hunter's medicine or uh, Hunter's medicine, quote unquote? Is that what you're doing? Do you eat Hunter's candy? We told you not to eat Hunter's candy. Listen to it for yourself. The natural end of the speech is the end of the speech, and then he just can't shut up. One America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him. Go get him. Go get who? Did you just witness a, th a, a, a theft? Did somebody lift somebody's purse? Go get him. Un uh, seize that man. Go get him. Go get who? Go get what? What are you talking about? Now, NBC News, God bless them. Oh, bless their little hearts. NBC News talked about it. Andrea Mitchell's like, I don't know what in the hell he's talking about there. And you'll hear uh, Lester Holt kind of agree, like, I don't, I don't know either. He's old. He's senile. What do you want from me? And then you'll hear, uh, what's her face? Savannah, Savannah Guthrie. That's her name. Savannah Guthrie. Chi Why Savannah Guthrie? Like, really? That's a testament to how thin the bench is at NBC News, that you got to drag out the morning show woman who does puff pieces. Really, you know, all right, well, she'll be the she'll be part of our serious analysis of the State of the Union. Like, why? Do you, you expecting to get a lot of dumb people watching your network and you got to have somebody who makes them feel smart? And then Chuck Todd at the end. You'll hear Chuck Todd and Savannah Guthrie try to make some kind of sense of it. But at least Andrea Mitchell and uh, Lester Holt are like, I have no freaking idea what this dude was talking about. I also think there was a, a strange moment at the end where he said, go get him. That was audible to the audience, and we're not quite sure what he means. I think he's talking about Vladimir Putin and the bad guys over there, but it was an ad lib that kind of... Yeah, normally his clothes and God bless, God bless and that was soldiers. Yeah. I think he was trying to buck up America and say, we're strong, the State of the Union is strong, get out there and, you know, remember that we are strong as Americans. By the way, his COVID messaging was very strong. By the way, his COVID messaging was... Let's get off this topic as quickly as humanly possible. His COVID message was very strong. And Savannah Guthrie... No, I think he was trying to uh, encourage Americans uh, by saying, get out there and, and go get him. Go get who? You can say it all day long, but about who? Savannah Guthrie, like I said, she's there to make dumb people think, I can do TV too. I'm, I'm not as stupid as everybody says. <laughs> but if you're not as attractive as Savannah Guthrie, nobody cares. <laughs> this period. End of story. I love what I don't know. Andrea Mitchell sitting there racking around trying to figure out what in the hell he's maybe he's talking about Vladimir Putin and the bad guys. So okay, let's pretend for a second that he's let's play a little game. He's talking about Vladimir Putin and the Russian oligarchs and everybody responsible for the invasion of Ukraine. Who's he telling it to? Is Joe Biden telling members of the Congress in the chamber there? All right, now you guys uh, resign from your seats and go over to Eastern Europe and fight Russians? 
Is he telling them, now you're all deputized to be secret agents, you're all classified double O, go parachute into Moscow and kill Vladimir Putin or arrest him or something? Is that what he's... No. So is he saying it to the American people? I doubt it. I don't think that the president of the United States, as crazy as he is, would uh, decide at the end of the State of the Union address to encourage as many American citizens as possible to become mercenaries. Calling me crazy, but I don't think they would do that. Senile as he maybe would do that, actually, but it's it's less likely than than it is likely. It's like a 60-40 proposition. So then who the hell is he talking to? There's a big international audience for the State of the Union address. How many people in this country? No, I watch it every time it's on that I can. But um, the prime minister's question session and everything. Do you watch the Emmanuel Macron's? No, you don't. So I don't think the rest of the world is watching. So I don't know. It's not like some sort of secret Carol Burnett tugging on her earlobe for her mom kind of thing where you're sending messages to Jason Bournes out there. Be active. Go get, go get them. That's so stupid. What the hell was he talking? Nobody has any idea. And you just, why can't you just say as a news analyst, I have no idea what this guy's talking He's senile. I don't know what he's talking about. Go get him. Go get, go get what? I'd be curious to see if anybody gets around to asking Ginger Goebbels about this. Got any thoughts about what go get him might be? But actually, I don't really care what her answer is because her answer will be something stupid, something pointless, something ridiculous. That's just how it is. <laughs> go, 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 now go get him. Oh, all right. So then, uh, unlike traditional State of the Union addresses, like I said, the president generally after a State of the Union address travels around the country for the next week or two, not constantly, but you know, pretty significantly every day somewhere trying to sell the agenda items that they list, usually in laundry list type form, in their State of the Union address. Joe Biden instead is going to Wisconsin to talk about infrastructure, which has already passed Congress, which is already law of the land. Why Wisconsin? Why infrastructure? When you're like, what is the message going to be? Call your member of Congress and let them know that you're glad they already passed the infrastructure bill? What, where's the call to action here? There isn't one. We're dealing with people who don't seem to have a direction, an objective. And instead of putting the president out there to give interviews, talking about the State of the Union address, as is tradition or was tradition, I mean, you can see why you wouldn't want Joe Biden out there. He doesn't remember what he said last night. He sure as hell couldn't defend it against basic scrutiny, even from somebody as, as vapid and shallow as Gail King. Instead, they throw out Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris had to make the rounds. <laughs> Poor, you almost feel bad for her. You almost feel, and then you realize, no, she's a horrible person. But you almost feel bad for her being the sacrificial lamb. She's the one, since Joe Biden is so incoherent, that they throw her out there and say, all right, well, she's got to go out and defend this stuff. And she can't defend it. Nobody can defend this garbage. But she's out there. She was talking to Gail King this morning. And Gail King is focusing like a laser 
on the thing that nobody gives a damn about because everybody knows it's a scam except for Gail King. Gail King is a testament to just how far you can go with zero talent but a close friendship with Oprah Winfrey. You have a close friendship with Oprah Winfrey. The world is your oyster. She wants to know about the voting rights legislation. She believes, she's dumb enough to believe. She honestly, I mean, you have to be... You had to have recently suffered a serious concussion, closed head injury to believe that people are unable to vote in this country. Gail, you have the reason. Let me talk to Gail for a second. You have the resources of CBS News. Nothing to sniff at. Lots of money. It's not even just CBS News you have the resources of. You have the resources of all of CBS, a Viacom company, I believe, which is even bigger. You have a lot of resources deputize everybody in the country. Your social media footprint is rather large, but of course you're really good friends with Oprah. Deputize Oprah. Once you put Oprah on something, you know it's going to get done. You know it's going to be done thoroughly. Ask Oprah. Forget CBS News. You don't even need CBS. You got Oprah. Ask Oprah to find people who are unable to vote because of photo ID requirements. Ask them that. Find that people. Ask the people who are standing in line to vote for so long that they suddenly begin to suffer from dehydration and starvation and start falling over. Find those people. Get them on your show. If you can find those people and get them on your show, you will then be doing a great service for the Democratic Party. You will have made their case for them, a case they don't make by the way, because they recognize that it's a garbage argument. But if you can find them, let's get them. Let's find all the people in this country, particularly the black people, the people of color, who cannot get, for whatever racist, structural, societal reason, a photo ID. Get them on your show. And Gail, I personally will make it my mission in life to get them a photo ID. We can solve this problem. I know you want the photo ID requirement gone, lifted, because it makes voter fraud uh, much easier, because you're a Democratic stooge, and the Democratic Party wants this to be the case. But if you can find people who actually suffer from an inability to get a photo ID, we can get them a photo ID. And while it won't help the Democrat Party, It will help those people. They will be able to get jobs. They will be able to open bank accounts. They will be able to avoid those predatory lender and check cashing places that Democrats always claim to to hate. But if there is this sea of people who have no photo ID out there, they're keeping them in business. There are all these opportunities out there. We can make people's lives significantly better. I mean, People as in like the six people in the country who might fit the criteria that they don't have a photo ID. Let's find them. Sick Oprah on this, please. Sick Oprah on it. But you won't. You can't. Even you, as dumb as you are, and I want to give you as much credit for being as dumb as possibly you deserve. But as dumb as you are, you recognize that that is a BS argument. Nobody, based on these laws that have passed in Republican states. Nobody is made, it's not made more difficult to vote for anybody except for people who are looking to commit voter fraud. It's that simple. It doesn't stop. Nobody cares about this. It is not a top of the line issue except for Democrats who want to steal the next election. 
But of course, when you have the vice president on and you're a left-wing partisan hack and you're sucking up to not only the Democratic Party power structure, but Oprah as well, because that's how you maintain a friendship with Oprah, you ask about that. Listen to Gail King. Ask the questions nobody gives a damn about because that's what they do. And then Kamala's answer, of course. But there was very little mention, very little mention of voter right, voting rights. Does this mean that that issue is on the back burner for the administration at this point in time? The president has been very clear. He was clear again last night in, in, in front of the members of the United States Congress. They must pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and the Freedom to Vote Act. The president has said over and over again, and we have made very clear, that this is about protecting America's democracy against those various states in particular um, and state legislators and governors who are in a full-on assault on the right of every American who is eligible to actually be able to vote. I've been traveling the country. In fact, later today, I'll be in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And what we are seeing about laws that are being passed that would make it illegal to give somebody who's standing in line to vote food and water is outrageous. Laws that are being passed that make it more difficult for people to, to drop their ballot off in a drop box. Oh, it's just horrible. Where are these laws? Who are these people? Where is this happening? Where? It's not. You can't electioneer. That's what it is. And the reason that uh, these laws exist about you can't hand out bottled water to people within, it's not at all, it's within 150 feet of the polling place, same way you can't hand out um, literature or electioneering and stand there and say, vote for so-and-so within 100, is because Democrats have handed out bottled water. We're just doing any compassion. It's just bottled water that say, vote for Democrats, vote for X, Y, or Z, vote for this candidate, vote for... That's electioneering. They thought they found a way around the law because Democrats are scum. And they did until they decided, the legislatures decided to plug the holes in the law. That is not voter suppression. If you're going to a polling place when you have three weeks to vote and you're going to go there and you think you're going to have to have a sandwich and an IV drip to stay hydrated, then maybe plan ahead. Maybe plan ahead. You can pass out water, by the way. You can pass out food. It just can't contain messages political messages, and it can't be handed out by campaign volunteers wearing campaign shirts and things. Kamala's hoping you don't know that because she wants you to be as dumb as she knows Democrats to be. Now, in response to everything that was said at the State of the Union address, MSNBC has got a MSNBC. You almost feel bad for them until you recognize that they're just bad people. Stephanie Rule, who I often cite as uh, a victim, really, of the patriarchy and misogyny. She does not get the credit she deserves as a woman for being the dumbest person on cable news. It's always It was always Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. Now it's just Don Lemon. And you know, there's always some other guy out there who's just dumb says stupid things, and you sit there and you go, yeah, they're saying stupid things. But what about Stephanie Rule? What about Stephanie Rule? She's just ignored. <clears throat> just ignored. One of the all-time greats, as far as the, the dumb Olympics over there. She had on uh, former Senator Claire McCaskill of Missouri last night in response to the speech. And uh, she's got an interesting <laughs> take 
on the speech. She's got an interesting take on a lot of things. When you're when you're dumb, she uh, when you're dumb, nothing should surprise you when somebody's that dumb. Listen to Stephanie Rule ask Claire McCaskill a question and sort of try to answer the question simultaneously. Claire, do you think when it comes to the voter, the president and this administration needs to do more talking about those economic wins? You know, because inflation is such a problem, oftentimes it seems like Democrats are afraid to talk about how strong the economy is because they don't want to be insensitive to people who are left out. But the thing is, if they do not sell their wins, they can't win in the midterms and then they can't help anyone. Oh, they can't help anybody. Yes, that's Democrat policies are, you know, it's like, please stop helping me. Please stop helping me. I'm drowning. You're helping me by giving me bricks. That's the Democrats' way to help. But you got to love the argument she's making there is that Democrats should be arguing that you don't know how good you've got it. You don't know how good you've got it thanks to Democrats. It's an interesting take. I mean, it's definitely a take. I'm not sure... It's an approach I would recommend, but it's it's certainly an approach. <laughs> I love it. She's so dumb. Like, if they don't start telling everybody how good they've got it, people might start thinking that they don't have it so well. I mean, sure, yeah, inflation sucks and some people are hurting, but uh, what about everybody else? Well, the people who don't hurt in severe inflation are the incredibly wealthy. The incredibly wealthy. Those are the, Stephanie Rule is wealthy. Her, uh, well, I don't tell you about her alleged boyfriend, but uh, billionaire. And uh, Claire McCaskill, when she was in the United States Senate, she was one of the wealthiest United States senators, net worth north of $60 million. She's very, very wealthy. Private uh, private jet Claire McCaskill there. And I go, oh, you know, but sure, yeah, we're doing well. But because we're doing well, I think Democrats are afraid to say things are going well because the people who are hurting out there. That's her argument. They should do it anyway. Convince people they don't know how good they've got it. Claire McCaskill's answer wasn't much better. You can see why the people of Missouri said, eh, no, out. This is not complicated. The Democrats are very bad at being repetitive and disciplined on message. This president in one year created more jobs than any president in the history of the United States of America. Say it over and over and over again. Real wages are up, saving is up. Yes, there is inflation. But overall, if you don't remind people how much better it is now than it was before, then you, you leave the, the field open for the Republicans to distort and not tell the truth, like frankly, the governor of Iowa did tonight. She distorted the economic record of this president and he brought down the deficit. So all of this is really important for them to just keep hammering over and over again. They get distracted by wanting to do so much for so many instead of keeping it simple and making sure voters understand who is really in their corner. <laughs> Claire's right there with the, you don't know how good you've got it. Okay, stop being stupid, American people, and thank Joe Biden. He, yeah, you're getting screwed on gas and electricity and food and everything, but He's looking out for you somehow in a way that's intangible, that I can't explain. You've got it good. 
Real wages are up. Yeah, real wages are up. Not nearly as much as inflation. You're still losing about 3%. So congratulations, I guess. You've got more money coming in, but you've got more money going out. Even more money going out. Sorry about that. The idea that this guy created more jobs. This is what she said, quote, this president in one year created more jobs than any president in the history of the United States of America. No, he didn't. How many of those jobs are new? Jobs coming back, jobs being allowed to return because Democrats have stopped putting the economy in a chokehold is not jobs being created. It's you being laid off and then you say, the boss saying, come back, we're, we're allowed to hire you back. It's a huge, huge difference between those two things. But Democrats, they have no interest in the nuance. It's not even nuance. It's just common sense. They don't have any interest in that. They, to, to illustrate that, Joe Biden, his official Twitter account, tweeted last night, Ford is investing $11 billion to build electric vehicles, creating 11,000 jobs across the country. GM is making the largest investment in its history, $7 billion to build electric vehicles, creating 4,000 jobs in Michigan. Elon Musk, who knows a thing or two about electric cars, tweeted in response to the president of the United States, quote, Tesla has created over 50,000 U.S. jobs building electric vehicles and is investing more than double GM and Ford combined. <laughs> he says, FYI to the person controlling Biden's Twitter account. If you notice one thing about the greenies, is that Joe Biden never talks about, he talks about electric cars all the time. He never talks about the the first thing that leaps to your mind when you hear about an electric car, which is Tesla. Whether or not they're the best, I don't know. But they're the first thing that leaps to your mind because that's all they do is build electric cars. Democrats never talk about Tesla. They never invite Elon Musk to the White House. They never tout Tesla as an American success story. Why? Because Tesla isn't unionized. That's all that matters. Politics overrides everything when it comes to Democrats. So you get Stephanie Rule and Claire McCaskill sitting there going, you don't know how good you've got it. You just got to go out there and keep repeating the lie that you've got it so good. You need to accept that you've got it this good, blah, blah, blah. You think, that who, who does this work on? It works on the very same people who think that touting small, significant, but smaller investments than half of what Tesla is investing to do what Democrats claim to say they want. They claim to say they want the electric car, but they don't want the electric car if it's built by somebody who isn't going to feed a union that is ultimately going to feed Democrats. Everything is about Democrats, whether it is ignoring reality in the case of Biden's tweet about electric cars or whether it is bastardizing reality, as it was in that discussion on MSNBC between Stephanie Rule and Claire McCaskill. All the while, by the way, the rule that Democrats do what they accuse Republicans of doing holds firm. When you've got Claire McCaskill saying that Republicans distort Joe Biden's record and they do not tell the truth about it. Point out how they're not telling the truth about it. 
You notice they never do that. They just simply declare it to be. Stephanie Rule isn't going to sit there and go, wait a second, Claire, how did they distort Joe Biden's record? She can't do it. She won't do it. She knows that there is no way in which Joe Biden's record has been distorted. We just show the world what the left is doing. We just show the world what the left is saying. The left is terrified that people will actually look and see what they're doing and saying. That tells you a whole hell of a lot. Um, there's, I'm going to look find this story. This is a, a, a hilarious story out of Portland. There's a Portland clothing shop called Artifact. They, uh, they're closed right now for two to three weeks <laughs> to conduct racial equity, white supremacy, and microeducation, uh, microaggression education. Now, what did they do? What did they, uh, have a policy of just violently attacking anybody off white coming in their store? No, no, <clears throat> they fired a non-white employee for whatever they don't say. I'm sure it wasn't because, well, we just accidentally hired one too many people. I'm sure it was for cause. But these leftists don't live in a world where cause is a good enough excuse anymore. They released the following statement just because, so, you know, the store's closing. And somehow the world, there's something about the left that they need to beat themselves up in public. If you, uh, if you are at all familiar with the Cultural Revolution in China, once it started going, and anybody who was like deemed to be disloyal or displeased Mao or the revolution or whatever, you could just stand up, college students could stand up and denounce their professor. And then their professor could be beaten to holy hell, and it didn't matter. And it was like the government was going to do nothing. Mao sat by. They could have been friends of Mao they were beating up, but Mao didn't care. Mao was a, was a jackass. It was a, an evil, evil person, one of history's worst. And uh, they... The people who would accuse would be able to set the turn. It kind of became like a spiraling out of control Salem witch trial. Just accuse somebody of something. Just accuse them. Just we can accuse them. And it was it changed the dynamic of relationships in China because if one of them just if, I, I can't take off my students because somebody might stand up and accuse me of being disloyal to Mao or the revolution or what have you. So eventually. When uh, the when somebody did something <clears throat> that could be conceived of as against Mao or against the revolution or whatever, impure, the people who did it would confess to the world before somebody could accuse them of it. They would beat themselves up in public, literally beat themselves, torture themselves in public. To show, look, I I did this impure thing, and I feel so horrible about it. I'm taking care of it. That's kind of what this artifact company is doing here. They sent out this message to our art our artifact community. After deep consideration, we have decided to close artifacts doors for the next two to three weeks, effective immediately. After letting a biopic employee go, black, indigenous, Pacific Islander, I don't even know what Owen sees of color, whatever, it's just so stupid. After letting somebody go, it was brought to our attention concerns of microaggressions and racial biases within the store. We value our employees' experiences and do not take their words lightly. So they fired somebody. 
And on their way out, they said, this place is racist. Everybody's a racist. You said something mean about me, and you microaggressed about this, that, and the other thing. And the idiots who own this store go, oh, my goodness. What have we done? What have we become? And so they took it seriously and not just, you know, the way anybody should take it is the ramblings of somebody who's pissed off that they just got fired. They say, because of this, we will use the closure to take the following steps. One, Artifact is engaging an independent biopic investigator who will conduct interviews with employees. We are going to hire an off-white person to come in and find out how racist we are. You imagine, is there an independent biopic investigator? Is that a real thing? Is that a job? Can somebody look that up? I just don't get it. I can't. Black, indigenous, people of color, and people of color. There you go. So you've hired, what is it? Are they black, indigenous, or a person of color? And aren't black and indigenous also people of color? They need to segregate within the segregation. You got to go that far. In addition, the investigator will audit our organization to highlight the areas in which artifact and all of us need to improve to make mindful change toward an anti-racist future. <laughs> God, I wish these people would die. Artifact will take the opportunity to further educate its management team. This is step two. To further educate its management team on racial equity, implicit bias, white supremacy culture, and identifying and interpreting microaggressions. Hey, here's an idea. Here's a little hint. I want to help you, Artifact. Capitalism was invented by white dude. Okay. It's advanced by white dudes. It's been practiced by white people all along. You should get rid of it. Money. Money is a kind of, yeah, it's been around for a while. Romans, Greeks, whatever, maybe. But money, you can probably, it's the root of all evil, so it must be white. So get rid of that as well. Uh, technology. Technology. Clothing. I think you're a clothing store. Pants. Pants, definitely white people thing. They lived in cooler climates, so they would have invented pants. You can keep shorts, but pants got to go. Shirts got to go. Hats, forget about it. Jackets, never mind. Don't even get me started about jackets. Just this side of a clan rally, am I right? So get rid of all of that. The iPhone created by a white guy. Well, a whole bunch of white guys, as a matter of fact. That's got to go. Computers, too. Just forget about it. Get rid of all of it. Do it. Idiots. The last thing, Artifact will hold staff-wide training on any topics recommended by the investigator as areas of improvement. You're just turning over the control of your company to some idiot who conned you into thinking they're special. Good for you. Congratulations. You're dumb. <laughs> just send me your money. I will absolve you of all guilt, which you're clearly riddled with for some weird reason. We're out of time for today. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.